Hey there, welcome to the Snakebird Podcast. My name's Josh. And I'm Steve. Together we invite you to join us as we explore the mysteries of Scripture, the realm of God, and freedom through Christ. So spread out your wings. And slither in place. Because this is Snakebird. Hey, welcome Snakebirds to a brand new episode of the cast. Our discussion today is all about how we view and arrange what we value in our lives and what that should look like in the life of a follower of Jesus. That's right, Snakebirds. We hope you're doing great this fine day and ready for another episode where we dig into the workings of a Christian's life. Specifically, as Josh just said, a Christian's uh, priorities in life, right? Priorities. Priorities, not pieties. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There was some discussion about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, before we recorded, I was like, "Hey, I thought we were doing the pieties in a Christian's life," and we we're like, "Oh, we're gonna have to push this off to next week." Yeah. <laughs> okay, let me get my notes together. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Priorities. What should come first? Um, you know, there's a lot of different things in our lives that that pull for our attention, uh, and it, it can be hard if we haven't spent time securing, you know, our belief on what takes priority. It can just kind of throw the timing belt of our life off, can it? Yeah, yeah. And there's so many things that are vying for our attention, whether Mm -hmm. it's social media or regular media, (laughs) our hobbies, our pursuits of pleasure or even fulfillment. They're all out there trying to be number one. And if we don't have those already set in our lives, we might be like that ship tossed to and fro on a raging sea. Yeah, that's really true. And so that's our hope with this episode and topic that... Um, believers can kind of use this as a guideline for fine-tuning what's most important so we can we can have a boosted spiritual quality of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, for us, we come and we do different types of podcasts. We do information, we do profiles, we do weird in the word. And every once in a while, we come to something like this, which is much more instructive and much more, um, I guess, evaluating. Yeah. And uh, I feel like we just want to speak into people's lives. And and as much as I've said it, every time we have to do one of these, not only are we speaking into somebody's life, we're also kind of speaking into our own because this has made me want to revisit and reevaluate my priorities and just make sure that they're lining up with what Jesus would have us to do and and uh, following the way that he would have us to walk. Yeah, I'm the same way. Every time we do one, it just it forces you to look when you study something. Yeah, so. yeah. We hope that it is as moving to y'all as it it was for me in the study. And um, I will say, if you don't know what priorities are, or a priority... We sh- we can we can do the old Websters here. Yes. Um, the fact or condition of being regarded or treated as more important. Ooh. Okay. That's I mean st- straight off a of good. Yeah. So well, what do you got, Josh? <laughs> uh, I just said a priority is something that is important to us, something that we care about. If something is important to us, we will show that by our actions. The book of James might have best illustrated this point when he said, I'll show you my faith by my works. He's like, you say that you have faith. He's like, let me show you my faith by the things that I do. Mm -hmm. And it reminded me of a profound saying that I heard is we'll make time for the things that are important to us. Oh, yeah. You know, cause, that's, yeah, that's a big part of my ending takeaway. Too, okay. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. We always had this, uh, this friend who he, he wasn't judgy, but there would be like somebody who's be like, I, I really want to make time for that. And he would look at you and he'd be like, you know, you would make time if it was important. And <laughs> you, you like leave, you leave a little like, Oh, that yeah. was a sharp knife. Yeah. No kidding. But it's true. And it's something that we each have to judge in our own lives. You know, we all got different situations. We all have um, things that that come uniquely before other things in other people's lives in our life, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah. it's one of those things. And, and I think there is a foundational set of things that we as Christians unified in Christ need to have as priority uh, regardless of our situation. Yes. And, and that kind of actually leads me into a parallel I wanted to, to oh, start please. us yeah. off with, which would be something that... I think we all deal with, um, no matter who you are, day to day, uh, and then enter into the the differences and similarities of application on the spiritual side of things. But, cool, yeah. Um, one example I thought of was a budget, because this is one thing anyone can relate to, whether a kid's allowance or adults trying to survive the financial world, whatever. And, and of course, I'm going to draw more from the adult side of the analogy because it's more centered on real priorities instead of whether to buy a Nerf gun or Pokemon cards. <laughs> but when, when we consider a budget, there's some obvious things that come first. 
Um, clearly, we have to eat to survive. So we, we spend our allowance for groceries and that sort of thing first. And then we have the next level of things that, for the most part, they aren't really optional, like a, a roof over our head, transportation, things like that. And then we have an enormous amount of things that will come rushing in and compete for our attention as the next most important thing. Mm. Um, if you haven't given much thought to that remaining discretionary income, then certain things can creep in and make you you know, believe that you absolutely have to have certain things as priorities. And they're, like we said, they're different for each person, but I've always thought that insurance companies are the worst at this. <laughs> I've seen so many insurance commercials where they lay out these crazy scenarios where you'd be like a fool not to go with this insurance. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's life insurance, identity theft insurance, home title fraud insurance. And then there's those crazy specific policies like reimbursing parents who accidentally have another child. I mean, there's so many different things that just come rushing in and it's like, oh, you have to have this. Like you'll, you'll have a friend that has it and they'll be like, oh my gosh, you don't have this, you know? And it's like, no, I I can't believe you're not covered. Yeah, exactly. And at the end of the day, as bad as people might fear certain types of situations, you simply can't consider everything a priority. It would take more than you earn. And Mm. so with a consideration of everyday life priorities, you know, we as believers, have a different level of understanding because we realize there's another realm coexisting with what we can see. And while we still have to operate with our worldly priorities, this otherworldly understanding comes with a set of priorities. They really should take precedence over all else. But I thought that was a cool example um, because there's the things you have to have. You have to eat. You have Mm -hmm. to do these things to survive. But then there's all this other stuff that comes rushing in. And I know uh, for me, I have three big ones um, in my life that I've kind of pinpointed. I've I've heard them talked about in the past. But like we said, you know, th- this can this can vary from person to person on some of these extra ones that come in. But there's some foundational ones too. So I know from my end, I've I've got kind of three areas that that I talk into as far as priorities that um, that should be, I think, um, one of the three foundational, I guess you could say, priorities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting way to put it, except when you said budget, I swallowed really hard. I was like, money talk. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Um, that That is a good way to put it, because, uh, of course, you know, you have to talk about your, your living situation. That's got to be number one, because that's probably the largest bill of the month. And mm-hmm. then your, your auto and then food and yeah. all those other things that, you know, I feel yeah. like everybody's at your door just knocking. Well, and if you think about it, if you get those things out of whack, you can lose your home. Yes. You can lose, you won't be able to feed your children, you know? And yeah. so it's important to keep these things in order, the big ones. Yeah. If you don't have a car, then you can't get to work. Exactly. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, I wanted to share a couple of uh, quotes that I heard about priorities as we kind of get into the meat of yeah. this uh, cast, if that's okay. Absolutely. Uh, German writer Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. I already like him. <laughs> Me too. I was like, <laughs> man, that's a cool name. He said, things which matter most must never be at the mercy of things which matter least. And then uh, author Patrick Morley, who wrote The Man in the Mirror, not the Michael Jackson song, uh, but he actually, uh, in his book, goes through 24 areas of our life that we need to examine through scripture. He sounds kind of like the original uh, OG snake bird, (laughs) Um, but he said, most men have not settled the issue of what their priorities should be. Among those who do know, too few live according to those priorities. And um, I found one more. It said, priorities help us manage the pressures that will otherwise manage us. The key is to decide our priorities in advance. Priorities are like downloading a planned hike into your GPS app, so you'll always be able to tell if you're where you wanted to be. Once you lock down your priorities, for all intents and purposes, you're literally writing future history. And so a lot of this, it seems like we're talking about make a plan to have a plan and then walk in that. And 
and some people might be like, well, that's not faith. And you're like, yeah, it is. What it is is establishing a set of rules to live by Mm -hmm. and then operating in those things and being able to walk within those guidelines. I feel like I just quoted uh, Liam Neeson. I live by a very specific set of rules, you know, (laughs) (laughs) rules that have allowed me to be very successful at what I do. Well done. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. No, I wish I had a good uh, Scottish accent that could nail that. So, well, I think those are some really good points to bring up. And I, I think that we need to keep that in mind as we move forward, that there's a level of preparing in your life and making a plan, but then there's also that, that childlike faith where you don't try to take the wheel and mm-hmm. run your life yes. and let God lead you. So there's, there's that, there is that balance. Yeah. And so that, that's a good point. Yeah. And I feel like what this does is it says like, God has called me to go North. So I'm going to go north and I can, I can go northeast at times. I can go northwest at times or I can go straight north, but yeah. it allows you to work within guidelines. So, you know, you're not following the letter of the law because yeah. that's what people view Christianity as, as, as a set of rules. Yes. Whereas what we're saying is it's a relationship that is ever changing as we encounter more of who God is. Well, and I also, you know, I think of Paul when he was on his missionary journeys, he was like, I, I know I need to get the gospel to Asia, <laughs> yeah. but the Spirit's not letting me. So he had to make all yeah, you know, alterations yeah. to his path and all of that. And yeah. Also think of like Jacob, whenever there was a famine in the land mm-hmm. and he looked at his boys, he was like, what are you doing? Go to Egypt and get yes. food. Yes. <laughs> it's yeah. like sometimes there's times to act yes. yeah. on the priorities. Yeah. And, but even then they veering off of the land in a physical nature, they still had their foundation set in who God was and they weren't going to veer from that. So that's where I feel like priorities is it's that etched on your heart. Like this is always going to be the most important things to me. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to live my life according to that. Even if I have to at times abandon ship and not go to Asia, but instead go to Macedonia or or whatever ends up happening in our situation. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Definitely to keep that in the back of your mind as we're going through this. There's yeah. there's a balance to be yes, had. Yes, yes. Snake bird. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, Josh, do you want me to go ahead and jump into some of these foundational ones that I, I had written down? I lay out the diving board for you. Sweet. So, a first priority that I have down here, which um, I think has to be the number one, really, foundational priority is God or our relationship to God through Jesus. I don't think you're right. No, <laughs> I, I was sitting here thinking, I was like, what if Josh doesn't have this one? And I was like, wait, yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> He's got it. <laughs> um, I think a great scripture to consider, um, while understanding our needs on this earth, too, is uh, Matthew six thirty-one through 34. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So God knows our needs, and He's faithful to give us our daily bread, and He wants us to trust in Him rather than our own abilities for both the spiritual and the physical. Because I think sometimes in our minds, we'll separate the two. I'll take care of the physical, you take care of the spiritual Mm -hmm. God. But He wants us to trust in Him for both of those things. Um, I've heard it said before that a human can go about a month without food, about a week without water, and about five minutes without oxygen but can't survive at all without hope. And I know that's kind of a cheesy saying, but when we enter a life in Christ, there is a level of hope and closeness to God that needs to be sought after deeply for spiritual survival. It really does need to be our number one priority as a Christian. Yes. And um, some of the ways to cultivate that in our relationship with God is prayer, not just ritualistically saying a series of words, but a real conversation guided by praise, thankfulness, concerns. Uh, Another is reading His Word constantly, not just checking off your daily reading agreement with yourself, but really dwelling in its power. And um, obedience, like you said earlier, kind of the works thing in James, uh, not just a checklist of rules to make us feel obedient to biblical teaching, but a true honesty in our own heart of things we're uniquely struggling with, um, a a fine-tuned obedience 
is a really, it's another great way to put God first as a priority. Mm-hmm. These types of things are preached a lot, but too often I think people have categorized them into like a systematic set of guidelines to just check off a list. And uh, part of being a true believer is taking the time out of your day to cultivate this relationship with God so that you can hear his voice directly. Yes. Yeah. And prioritizing our relationship with God first is so foundational Mm -hmm. to seeking first. Another verse that coincides with this is in Joshua 22, 5. uh, Only be very careful to observe the commandment and the law which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you to love the Lord your God and walk in all his ways and keep his commandments and hold fast to him and serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. And that's even reminiscent of Deuteronomy chapter 6. And it's just that idea that whenever you place God first, all the other things are going to fall into place Mm -hmm. because like Job said, even when his whole livelihood and even when his family and even when everything that he had was destroyed, his hope was leaning on the fact that I know my redeemer lives and I'm going to stand and I'm going to see him on that day. Mm -hmm. And I, fear the day that everything could be removed from us, whether it's our spouse or whether it's our kids, whether it's our vocations or ministries or anything. But I would hate to ever think of the fact that God wouldn't be still there. Like, you know, that we've rejected him because he doesn't move. It'd be us that had moved away from him. Yeah, exactly. So... Yeah, if that if that one-on-one understanding and foundation is lacking in a Christian's life, there's going to be nothing but uncertainty to build on going forward. Yeah, yeah. It, and it I, really is a true priority. Yeah, and I, I mean, I was trying to think of anyone in my life that maybe has a relationship with God, but it's not really obvious that he's number one. And there wasn't anybody that just jumped out to me. Of course, I can think of non-believers, but I yeah, mean, yeah. I wouldn't understand why they would have their priorities quite in line. Um, but that is so foundational for anyone that wants to follow Jesus, that God has to be first and foremost. And and I think we do fall into dangers of um, saying he's number one, but not living that way. And I think that's another reason that it's so good to come back to things like this and reevaluate our priorities. Um, As I was prepping for this, I saw somebody that said they and their spouse sit down about every six months to review their goals and their um, just their life plan yeah. to what they want to do. And, and I thought, man, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a some, good idea. That's some planning, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Because, you know, they were like, we want to make sure that we don't veer off the path that we feel like God has put us on. And, and again, you know, I'm like overachievers, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, I, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I, I do that too. Like once every 10 years, you know, or whatever. I don't do know. In my mind. <laughs> That's such a cop out, isn't it? Because yeah. <laughs> I tell myself, yeah, well, I thought about that. Yeah, <laughs> so, I thought about that. Yeah. But um, there's a lot of neat disciplines that come into that. But forming that relationship with God is so essential to where he is number one. And uh, I'm going to throw a curveball at you because I did find somebody online that said, why uh, they wrote a blog that said, why I don't feel like God should be priority number one. Wow. And, uh, and he you already got my attention. Yeah. That's exactly what he was trying to do. He was trying to create like this, Clickbait. um, yeah, to a, <laughs> to a degree, he was trying to create this swell of yeah. like pushback. But what he was saying is that God should be everything. And then all of it should be filtered through him. So it's like, um, it's like God adjacent to your family. It's God adjacent to your spouse, God adjacent to your occupation, God adjacent to your ministry. And it's just, yeah. Well, and that's precisely what that, that Matthew six scripture was. Mm-hmm. Seek first God and his kingdom and all these things will yes. be added. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's, I, I get where he's coming from mm-hmm. for sure. And I would definitely click on that to see uh, <laughs> what is he saying here? Yeah. yeah. Cause he was like, <laughs> come at me people, you yeah. know? <laughs> Yeah, it's like God's not shouldn't be number one, and then you read it, and he's like, he's everything. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, you like, clever oh. devil. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've told you about the time that they got me before when they were like, I'll tell you things that God can't do, and I was like, what? And they were like, God can't lie, and yeah, I was like, oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. I, I was all up in arms. 
So while we're in this realm of, of talking about cultivating, you know, our relationship with God first and then everything falling into place, I also thought of um, the example of, of like when a stewardess on an airline before you fly, she gives you all your instructions. And if the oxygen mask falls down, they tell you, you put it on yourself first and then your kid. Because if you're sitting there fumbling everywhere trying to put it on your kid and then you lose consciousness, mm-hmm. you're both goners. Yes. And so as leaders in our families, we should consider the same advice, I think, when structuring our homes. Because if the leader of the home or a parent of the home who's leading the kids and all that is out of touch, then the rest is likely going to follow in that behavior as well. Mm-hmm. So there's really a lot of truth um, in in cultivating that with you and God first, and then all these things will be added because it's yes. it's the way God designed it. Yeah, and so that that's that leads me into my next priority that I wrote, which is is our families is the next one of the next priorities. But Josh, you got anything to add to that? Yeah, before we go on, I have two things. Okay. one thing that you just pointed out is so important is that. Well, I know that there's so many different people that listen to our podcast. There's definitely um, some ladies that we've heard from that listen. If you're a guy, then your priorities are so important because you're the one that's supposed to be leading your family. You're the one that's supposed to be setting the spiritual pace for your family. Mm -hmm. And that's why your priorities are so important because I think of all the times that I've been in church ministry, watching a wife show up bringing just their kids to church on Sunday because the husband wants to stay home and watch football or he doesn't think that it's important for him to be in church or um, even kind of the wife being the spiritual head of the household dragging their husband there and it's just like obvious that he's kind of checked out he's not really active and I feel like uh, this is one of those areas for us as men that we need to be proactive and again it shouldn't be something that we're nagged into doing it has to be something that's a natural work of the Holy Spirit but it is one of those things where if the head of the household is failing at this then you are going to see others not being able to follow that example because for sure Usually as the leader goes, then the followers are going to, they're going to follow in those footsteps. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, the the man is structured as we see in scripture is the head of the house, but and I think of also I think it's in First Timothy where it talks about the the widows teach the younger women, mm-hmm. so they're a leader in their own respect yes. too. There's people looking up to them as well, and so of course we're talking about our families here, but there's always someone looking up to you, mm-hmm. and so to do that um, yourself, your relationship with God it trickles down. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, but that's a good, good thing to point out. Yeah. For sure. Leaders are going to lead. Who are you leading and how are you leading? Yeah. So the second thing I was going to say is before we move on, I, I found this example and I thought it was really important and we might be putting a hat on a hat here, but um, I was reminded about priorities from the book of Haggai or Haggai, depending on <laughs> where you've gone to hear uh, the way that it's pronounced. Yeah. I've always heard that it's just supposed to be like, hey, guy. Yeah. And, uh, but. But everybody likes to say Haggai because it's really fun. Yeah, so, tomato, tomato. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, just a little bit of context. Uh, the children of Israel were taken away um, by Babylon, by King Nebuchadnezzar, and they were held captive for 70 years. Well, Babylon was overthrown by the Persians. And during that time, uh, we know that God raised up a king named Cyrus, who was really favorable towards the Jews. And he said, you can return home. And so Ezra was all excited. And he was one of the leaders that brought the Jews back. And we know that not a lot of people came and there's a whole story and teaching in that. But they started to rebuild the temple of God. And as they were rebuilding it, they were laying the foundation. And during that time, uh, they got some persecution and some of the the surrounding uh, nations started using fear tactics to try to halt the work and it ended up coming to a standstill. Well, for 16 years, the temple of the Lord uh, laid dormant and nothing happened. No bricks were laid. No further movement was uh, done on it. While the people were building really nice, lavish homes and they were uh, focusing on their own things. And so God sent Haggai with this message. And it says in chapter 
1 verse 3, Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses? And paneled houses sound like double wide trailers to us, but (laughs) they were actually like these really fine homes. Uh, While my house remains a ruin, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but you are not warm. You earn wages only to put them into a pocket with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. And then later on, he says, because of my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with your own house. And so wow. the one of the main themes of Haggai is talking about priorities. He's like, you've, you've completely forgot about what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to put me first. And because you haven't, I haven't been blessing you. And uh, later on in in chapter two, it's only two chapters, he says, now that you're prioritizing the right things, I am going to bless you. And um, that that has always stuck out to me. And I really like that, give careful thought to your ways. And, And this is one time I'll quote the message. He was like, take a good hard look at your life and think it over, (laughs) you know, but I think that's what priorities are supposed to be. It's supposed to be us examining our lives and what's important and then putting those in a a specific order. Heart check central. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So while we were on the subject of God being number one, I thought I should point that out. Yeah. Oh, that was fantastic. I love that. Yeah. I I know the story, you know, but you bring it in in a certain context and it just, man, it comes home. Yeah. It comes alive, right? That's awesome. Okay, well, I kind of feel like I'm steering us in left field, getting back to the the next priority <laughs> in my notes. That was, that was some hard shoes to fill there, but oh. I love that. Um, so, priority number two that I thought of um, is our families. Mm-hmm. Uh, one verse that might come to mind is First Corinthians seven seven, where Paul states his desire for everyone to remain single if they're not already married. Um, and the reason for that is you have divided interests and you're having to look out for your, your spouse's um, needs. And, and it can be a distraction from ministry and pushing the gospel. But, um, you know, a family for someone who has one is a priority, I, I believe, right under God. And a family can be a priority whether you're married or not. First um, Timothy 3, 5 says, For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how can he care for the church of God? And while this is definitely a unique context of being in leadership in the church, and it seems to also be speaking of a family of marriage, I believe it it can also be speaking about a person's influence in their family, whether married or not. Mm. I think of Matthew 15, 5 through 6, where Jesus says, But you say that if anyone declares what might have been used to help their father or mother is devoted to God, they are not to honor their father or mother with it. Thus you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. Mm. And Jesus is pointing out that our love for family is to be a priority over so many other things. Yes. Um, if a person neglects love for their family, then they're rejecting the type of heart God wants us as believers to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it just popped into my mind. I can't believe I didn't put it in my notes, but there's a scripture that talks about if someone, you know, neglects their own family and doesn't have love for them, they're worse than an unbeliever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, am I uh, bringing that properly, Josh? I think you are. I don't remember the address, but I, I remember reading that. I should have had it. but um, I think it was Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was great. All right, but, um, but if you were married, um, it's a whole other level of priority. Um, Ephesians 5, 21 through 33 lays out a fantastic template for how the relationship between a husband and wife mimic our relationship with God through Jesus. Um, It's a template for selflessness, intentional living, everyday thinking about the needs of your spouse, um, a giving up of your desires for the sake of your spouse. And um, like we said, that trickles down through parenthood as we're to lovingly instruct our kids, um, thinking and praying over their little hearts, doing our best to guide them into the ways of God. And, you know, that's one of the hardest things to do these days because Mm -hmm. Satan has influenced such a generation of evil intentions targeting children. It's so important to be on our toes with prioritizing our families in this evil world. I once heard some studies presented by Dr. James Dobson about the breakdown of the family is the number one threat to our future. 
unbelievers and believers alike, actually. We are teaching the next generation of leaders, and if we fail to pass on what we believe in most then we're neglecting a great priority. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, there's always going to be the cases where, where children disregard their, their raising. So I don't mean to misrepresent anyone's situation out there, but it is such an important calling to prioritize our families just beneath God. I really, I really think it has its place there. Because that's, I mean, that like that one scripture said, how, how can you move on to the church and teaching other people if you can't even do that with your own family? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I came at this kind of in a lot of the same way. And it's so funny because so often as what happens is you and I have the, like, exactly the same verses <laughs> to back up what we're talking about. But I kind of went into subcategories because um, while I view family as the next priority, I uh, first and foremost view your spouse because yes. they're um, like the picture of Jesus and his bride, mm-hmm. the the church. They're the ones that it's like you left your father and your mother and you're supposed to cleave to one another. And um, your, your children... You know, the, the plan is for them to be raised up and then be shot out like arrows. And, you know, if they yeah. go to college, then they're probably going to be living back at home. Yeah. <laughs> Just joking. Uh, nice. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, no, but the intention is for them to go out. And so your spouse is going to be that relationship that should be bedrock. And so, um, very true. You know, you yeah. want to you want to pour into that most. And then, um, again, another subcategory would be your children next. And then I put extended family as the next thing to prioritize after that, because Jesus dunking on the Pharisees was like, you know what? Your parents come and they're like, hey, can we have some help? And you're like, no, I had to tithe on my dill. I don't have a, I don't have a, a red cent to give to you because I tithe on, on my cumin. And, yeah. uh, and Jesus is like, that's bogus mm-hmm. because you should be taking care of your family. And, and it's interesting that, you know, as he's talking about that, all I could view is a picture of like your, your um, parents and then your grandparents and then your brothers and sisters and uncles and, and, you know, Aunt Karen's or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it just goes out. And then it even just made me think of like Jesus with the story of the Good Samaritan. They're like, well, who is my neighbor? And yes. he's like, everybody. So yeah. there is that prioritizing of your family next. And again, I saw those, those, those three subcategories that... That really isn't that much of a no, no, no. That's really good to to point out. I I kind of threw a blanket, um, you know, bird's eye look on the whole mm-hmm. thing because I know there's people out there that aren't married. Yes, and so I didn't want them to feel like there's no application here for them because no. there is. But you're you're right. In order, it's the wife, then the kids, because that's that's how. I believe that's scriptural mm-hmm. is it's your wife, your kids, and then the next family extended and, yes. and so on and so forth. But um, even if you're not married, it's a heart towards those you're related to in general. Yes. Yeah. And, and if you're not married, then it really it is that extended family and it is your parents and it yes. is looking after them. And, you know, that can be hard. Yeah, it really can. But prioritizing them is important because that is biblical. And I will say, you know, as as being a, a father to a, a ten year old and an eight year old and having my wife, I, it's hard sometimes to be able to draw the lines of priorities in a family unit mm-hmm. with your wife and kids because kids are are very needy and yes. they need a lot of attention. Yes, and you have to be able to give them that attention, but being able to figure out your spouse's needs, you know, both of y'all to each other, mm-hmm. uh, that can be a, uh, a struggle sometimes yes. trying to, f- the lines can become blurred, yeah. I guess is what I'm trying to say, but you do need to be able to meet all of those needs mm-hmm. simultaneously. Well, in a yeah. Family unit. Yeah. And I think that's another reason that revisiting this can help because mm-hmm. it can help reprioritize or, you know, re-identify things in your, yes. your life where you're like, well, I'm not giving that enough attention or. Yeah. Cause it, it's, it would be super hard to be like, Oh, wife comes first. Mm-hmm. I neglect the kids until I feel yeah. that that is taken oh, care yeah. of. And then their turn, you know, it, a lot of times it doesn't work that way. Well, you have it, to learn how to make those things work um, in unison together. Unfortunately, I've seen family that have fallen out of balance where the moment that they had kids mm-hmm. the the children took the place of the the parents relationship yeah and it's like they revolved around that and it seemed like that marriage started to crumble because they weren't um investing in each other anymore and yeah. really scary stuff 
It is, and it can be a hard balance. Mm-hmm. That's true. I've heard stories about where the kids move off to college, and then they're like, I don't really feel much <laughs> I don't know you anymore. Yeah. It's never been about us for the last 18 years. Exactly. So that's, that's a very important thing to keep keep on your toes with that. Yeah. Keeping yeah. a proper balance. Mm-hmm. For real. Okay, so... It's God, um, family, and then the next one that I have here is ministry. And I remember when I um, first heard this, I was um, in the place of, uh, I guess you could say, a pastoral intern. And I remember the pastor first saying this. He said, the priority is God, family, and then ministry. And I I was kind of scratching my head. I was like, coming from a pastor, I kind of figured he would say ministry before, Mm -hmm. you know. But then I got to thinking about it, and it, it really, I think, does need to follow that order because this priority i think is one of the most misunderstood um so many look at this one as a, as a cut and dry box they hear the word ministry and and uh, most likely little subtitles start going off in your head you know full-time job of reading god's word and making sure everyone always sees a smile <laughs> on your face yeah or i guess depending on the church you went to a uh, a frown on your face. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times, uh, I think people look at ministry as, as something you choose to make your career. And while we do see a place for that sort of calling, I really hope people understand that every single Christian is called into the ministry. And this is an order of priority. It really is. One of the verses I love referring to in this situation is Romans twelve five through 8 that says, So in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. Mm. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So it's really important that we grasp our importance in spreading the gospel. Um, Another misconception is the church building is the place we bring sinners Mm -hmm. so that preachers can do the heavy lifting. Um, verses like Matthew 5, 16, 1 Peter 2, 12, Colossians 4, 6, Ephesians 4, 29, all speak about the people of God who are the ones to shine the light of Christ into the world. The church is for the building up of the believers to go out and do the ministering. And I think that that Romans 12 portion really lays it out perfectly. We all have different gifts that God has given us. Um, Some of these gifts are are new ones that we never had. Some are repurposed abilities that we had before coming to know the Lord. But whatever our gifts are, they're meant to be utilized for spreading the saving gospel of Jesus. And so each of us have to honestly look into our own lives and ask ourselves, what is my gift that can be utilized for God's purpose? Mm We should always be praying over and and dwelling on what God wants us to do with the gifts he has given us. And I would note that figuring out your gifts might be harder for some people. Uh, You might need to seek out a trusted brother or sister and ask them, hey, what do you see in my life? Um, How how do you see that I can uh, utilize my gifts for, for ministry? And once you've narrowed down what God starts revealing to you, then you should become very attentive to the doors that he'll start opening Mm -hmm. for you. Uh, Maybe you're a really talented business person. Start looking for windows of what the world would call coincidences. Yeah. And then connect the dots where God directs your attention. Uh, Maybe you're a really good uh, teacher or counselor. Keep your eyes open for divine appointments where God leads a wandering soul to you. And be, be prepared to share the wisdom and saving truth of God. Yes. And um, with all that being said, it's tempting for us humans to jump ahead of God and start doing things he never asked us to do. But if we've been plugged into the Spirit and dwelling on God's Word and the gifts he has given us, then we're already going to be prepared at a moment's notice, I believe, to start ministering when those times come. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, and I feel, like you said, it's very, very important to define what ministry means because some people are like, well, you're a pastor. That's what yeah, exactly. you do. You know? yeah, right? yeah, it's like, no, ministry is whatever God is calling us to do um, as we follow him, whether it's teaching Sunday school, whether it's um, pushing a broom, whether it's going out and giving Bibles, um, 
whether it's just living by faith, there is a ministry calling that each of us have in our lives. And as we talked about in our spiritual gifts episode, much like you just quoted, we all have a gift that we are to bring. You know, some of us are musically talented that can play and sing and that should be using that. And some can uh, teach from the pulpit, you know, and that's a neat way. But there's a whole nother set of the church that has the gift of helps or it has, Mm -hmm. you know, the gift of encouragement or you're like, I can make a mean sandwich. And so you're part of hospitality or whatever it might be. There is a ministry for everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, I do have a little bit of pushback uh, on the list of priorities because I know we talked about like, where do things fall? Yeah. I would insert something between family and ministry if that's okay. Yeah. Because I've um, had this discussion with plenty of people and it can even be a source of guilt for some people. uh, Or um, I've seen people quit their jobs because they're like, well, I'm not giving enough time to ministry. And um, I would say that work or your occupation actually needs to come in front of ministry in some cases because you have to be able to provide for your family in order to do some types of ministry. And sometimes they're able to be the same thing for those that are blessed to be able to be paid while being in ministry. But I also feel like there is a level of guilt that can be um, placed on somebody who's like, well, I'm not giving enough time to God because I have this job. And and it is finding that balance again. But I really feel like um, just in the, in the, the lay person understanding of, of priorities, your work has to come uh, within those parameters. I, I no pushback at all. Um, okay. I, I consider um, your family that category synonymous with working. Yeah. Because um, being a leader of your family, you have to have a spirit of providing for your family. Yeah. And if you neglect um, trying to take care of your family, then that's... <laughs> so I, just, I, I don't okay. disagree at okay. all with you. I consider I came, it synonymous. I just came with the nerdy. Um, Actually, <laughs> I have a priority pyramid right here. And yes. the next step would be occupation before you do ministry. Well, that's... No, there people's minds are all wired differently. So uh, there might be someone out there who's like, well, I'm glad he pointed that out because yeah. he was saying... <laughs> no, that's, that's good. I I, um, I was raised where uh, it's not really an option um, to to not work. Yes. You, you provide for your family. Um, I think the Bible speaks on on us being designed to work and provide for our families. I've been in a situation before where somebody actually put guilt trips on those that had jobs that were providing for their family but wasn't as conducive to being in wow. a ministry type of job. And that's not right. <clears throat> And it, no, it's not. It it scared the tar out of me because I'm like, listen, that person still has to provide. That's actually, like you said, yeah. that's part of family. Yeah. That's, you know? that's, but no, that's a good thing to point out because that might, there might not be a differential divided on that in, in some people's minds. Yes. Very yeah, good point. Yeah. And um, so for me, if I was doing a priority pyramid, the next thing that would fall after ministry and, and church is everything else. You know, (laughs) I mean, it's all those little bills that come in. If you're still Mm -hmm. referring back to your budget uh, example, you still got to pay the pest control people. You know, you still got (laughs) to put gas in the car, whatever it might be. There's still those things. And um, that's where I feel like um, that pool, if we're not careful, that's the one that, that is dangerous because that's the one that can bite us in the butt. Yeah. You know, because it, it's almost like idolatry, you know, our, our yards and keeping them pristine in the summer, you know, mowing them, you know, and going out with scissors and cutting the grass <laughs> can become an idol and yeah. it can take priority over being at church on a Sunday morning, you know, things like that. I, I'm, yeah. I'm using hyperbole, but still. <laughs> That's probably someone's specific situation, Josh. And <laughs> They're like, that... how could you pinpoint me? How could you target me how on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Hank Hill, I could see him with his riding lawnmower thinking that. You can still serve Jesus and mow your lawn. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's a good thing to point out. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I don't really have uh, much more as far as an, an order. The last thing I touch on is is juggling the time with okay. all this. Okay, yes. Do you have any more, Josh? That I, I do, um, just a little bit. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so for me, I just... 
when I came down to it, I was like, what filters, because again, that guy talking about, well, God doesn't necessarily need to be priority number one. He needs to be <laughs> the priority and then everything else. Yeah. So I was like, okay, let's just say that this was an Instagram uh, picture of our lives. What filters do we need to pass through it? Um, our decisions. And is God the center of our lives? Is he adjacent to everything else as we um, seek him first. Yeah. And, you know, the mission statement of our church seems to really lay this out in a very direct but simple way is love God, love people. Because all those things are going to fall into place as if you're putting it through that filter. And, mm -hmm. you know, it does simplify it to almost the point of like, well, it seems like, you know, yeah. but it, it is, it's not an oversimplification to me. It's, it's a very direct way to look at things, yeah. love God and love people. And, and when you prioritize your family and then making sure that you're providing and then your ministry and then. Uh, everything else, I think that's going to be um, a, a good way to approach your priorities. I think you're right. I think Jesus did too. Mm -hmm. Didn't he yeah. sum up the whole law in those two things? Yeah, 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 <laughs> uh, exactly. So if Jesus said it, then it's probably yes. a good idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, so, yeah, so true. Yeah, and I wanted to um, add a little extra dialogue as we land this puppy. <laughs> I have no idea why I wanted to say that, but it's in my notes. You said it well. Um, so for me, I've been in different classes or teachings where somebody will talk about priorities. And usually I come away with a list that when you examine it is pretty much good advice and somewhat common sense. I mean, especially if you're like looking at it through a biblical lens, you, you, you come away with a lot of these things, but I also uh, want to speak wisdom and thoughtfulness into our lives through this, because like we said, God should always be number one. But I also feel like in our lives, as we prioritize our family and we prioritize uh, working and prioritize ministry, I feel like um, there's some subcategories that we could uh, prioritize as well. One of those is ourselves. And that's working on our character. And that's making sure that we are to everyone else who we are um, when we're alone. That's what our character is, is who you know who are we when we're alone is it yeah. the same person as as we are in Integrity. public mm -hmm. and part of working on ourselves means um making sure that we take time to rest and and this might fall in with you talking about time but it's also trying to eat healthy it's also instilling um for like your relationship date nights or even just times for mental health, doing a mental health check. And I don't know what that looks like for everyone, but I know sometimes what that looks like for me. Sometimes yeah. it's like checking out and saying, I'm going to go to a movie and just, you know, check out of all the stressful stuff and just focus, yeah. you know, or maybe it is taking a, a long drive and just praying and trying to spend that time with the Lord. And so there was that. And then I also feel like we need to prioritize making meaningful relationships because I also believe that that's one of the things that's going to pour the most into us is having those relationships that aren't just skin deep or, you know, just right along the surface, but are actually rooted in the love of God for one another. Mm -hmm. And so that was one of the things that I was like, okay, if I could um, speak into my life, some things that I feel like I need to prioritize, those would be the things. Yeah, those are those are great for all of us to look into, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. Um, well, just to wrap things up on my end, um, like I said, the last thing I, I thought of was juggling the time in our daily lives to to properly honor these priorities. Um, and one thing I've noticed in myself, as well as pretty much everyone around me um, throughout the years, is we don't seem to have enough hours in the day to mm -hmm. get everything done. Yeah. Um, to address everything that needs to be addressed. Uh, take any example, working out to be healthier, quality time with our families, climbing the corporate ladder, and the list goes on, all the stuff we talked about. There seems to be so much to do, and everything's fighting for that priority. But every single one of us will, will have these premeditated ideas, uh, I would say, to defend our own version of what takes priority over everything else. 
will even develop responses to questions we fear people will ask to defend our mismanaged time by saying, uh, you know, what I do puts food on the table. Do y'all want to go hungry? <laughs> uh, or I'm doing this for God. He called me to this. Should I turn my back on God? Mm. Um, or, or this is my only escape. I need time for my sanity. All of these things, they, they have their proper place and need, but if we've created false priorities in our life, then you can be sure that the damage of that is eventually going to catch up to you. And if you've been listening to this episode, um, I know me just studying for this episode, I had to really look into my own heart and say, where have I been drifting? Sometimes you can catch it at the root. Sometimes you're like, man, this has been growing for a while. And just look into your heart and look at this. And the, and the reason I know this this to be true as far as the these things that we do in our own heads is because I've seen the hypocrisy of it in my own life. Um, I've observed people over the years that will stand by a creed of priorities where they stubbornly refuse to make time for real importance in their life. And then they'll find a new hobby that dominates their interest. And all of a sudden, they're able to dedicate all sorts of time to this new hobby Mm. or this new entertainment for themselves or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And what's really going on is selfishness. We want what makes us feel good. We want what makes us entertained. And when you boil it all down, we make time for the things that are most important to us. Mm -hmm. And that can be a very powerful tool to help us troubleshoot the false priorities in our lives. So that's a a major prayer that I have for every single listener, as well as myself, to prioritize properly, to reap the amazing peace that comes with knowing God is guiding you in that honesty and humility. Mm -hmm. And be honest with yourself. I mean, if you really look at your life and how it's played out in the past, you know that you make time for the things that you really want. You do. And it really just boils down to that. What do you really want? What's really most important? Yeah. And, you know, that takes some self-confrontation and that takes, you know, sometimes admitting that we're sinful. Yeah. You know, because there is so much justification in like, well, I had to do this otherwise, mm-hmm. you know. And, and you prepare uh, answers to questions that have never been asked yeah. just so you can defend mm-hmm. your stance on it. Which if you ever do that, then it's a clear uh, indication that you are mm. justifying something. Yeah, it so, is. Yeah. So, yeah, that's... Uh, That's a whole lot of prioritizing, and uh, it's important. It's important in all of our lives. Yes. And if you want to prioritize getting in contact with Snakebird, then you can do so by reaching out on our Facebook page, or you can also send us an email at connect at basnakebird.com. We'd love to hear from you. And if you have any other things to add to this conversation, this is a community, so please fire away and and let's talk it out let's you know rub shoulders and and iron sharpens iron because um if there's ever a time that you need prayer or uh just somebody to talk to or somebody to bounce ideas off of we're here and that's what we want to be able to do for you yeah i couldn't agree more um there's probably some very wise uh listeners out there that's like you know i've lived for a long time and i found this to be really helpful in this discussion so please share that if if you have um more more things to say on the matter and we uh want you to reach out yeah the term speak into each other's lives comes to mind it's a two-way street it is yeah so thanks for being here with us guys and um we love you we do yeah Always remember, whatever you do, wherever you go, no matter what life throws at you, there's never been a better time to follow the words of Jesus. Prioritize like a follower of God and be a snake bird. Snakebird.